and welcome to the Vineyard Church Springbrook podcast from right here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We post our Sunday messages here each week and the occasional special announcement or series. You can visit vineyardchurch.us and select Springbrook from the menu to learn more about us or to access our audio archive. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. And now, here's the episode. Hey, good morning. My name is Chris. I am a new associate pastor here at the Vineyard, which feels cool to say out loud. Um, Our scripture reading for today comes from 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 12. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special special knowledge. The same Spirit gives faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. While another is given the ability to interpret what is being said, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person person should have. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Uh, Hi, I'm Lindsay. I'm the pastor here. If you're new with us, welcome. Um, We're really glad you're here. If you're here uh, with friends or family, uh, extra special welcome. It's a good and special day. Um, We do have one graduate that we missed who failed to stand up earlier. Nick Myers uh, graduated from graduate school, got his master's. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So you get two communions today, Nick, that is your prize. Um, I also want to say uh, happy Mother's Day. Um, Today, yes, I loved Aaron's joke, it's true, and also happy Mother's Day. Um, And here's what I want to do. I just want to pray a blessing on moms, Um, and then I want to do two things with that. One is if you're here and you're a mom, um, I want to bless you. Like, uh, I think that Jesus wants to bless you, and so I want to do that. Um, But I also want to say uh, we don't do big, huge things because we also understand that Mother's Day is not a celebration for everyone. I was talking to someone earlier, and I was like, sometimes this day is like the perfect mix of celebration and grief all at the same time. And so um, I just want to honor that as well. So it just feels right to me to pray. And so that's what we're going to do. So um, if you'll just uh, pray with me one more time, just for a second. Um, And if you're a mom, this may be weird to you, so you don't have to. But if you're a mom, if you want to just like hold your hands out, um, it just, again, it's nothing magic. It just connects your body to your spirit. Um, And I just want you to receive, receive a blessing. You don't get to receive a lot. So, okay. Uh, So Father, I thank you for the mothers in the room. I thank you um, that you formed them uh, in their mother's womb, and then you um, formed children to live in their homes. Um, And I just thank you. And I pray blessing on mothers. I pray blessing that you would uh, bless us with strength and bless us with courage and bless us with rest 
would you fill our souls and our minds with peace? I pray that uh, we would feel your nearness um, this day and lots of days, that when the challenges of, of being a parent and being a mom uh, get overwhelming, would you uh, feel near to us? When, um, if we're in a season where kids aren't in our homes anymore, would that empty, in that emptiness, would you feel near to us? And so I just thank you. I thank you that this is a room full of really good moms. We thank you that um, it takes a whole army to raise one little person, and you have put so many in this room. And God, at the same time, we want to hold space uh, for the grief that happens on Mother's Day. For those in the room who have um, lost their mothers, uh, maybe a lot of them kind of recently, God, I ask your blessing as you feel near in uh, their longing and in their mourning. Um, Maybe it wasn't recent, but just a, a loss of a mom, or maybe for those in the room who have a really complicated relationship with their mom, where maybe it's equal parts celebration and grief, or maybe today is just a mark of, of anger or frustration or what's missing. And God, I just ask your nearness there as well. Uh, for women in the room who long to be mothers and, and haven't been yet, God, we pray and we ask your nearness. For anything else that I'm forgetting, any other situation, God, we believe that you are with us, and so we ask your blessing and your nearness in this moment. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, I think I've uh, been a little bit um, feely, like sentimental all weekend. It's, it's a lot, like graduations and Mother's Day, and you know, when all the things happen in one weekend, it just gives you the feels, I guess. Um, and, and Mother's Day feels that way for me um, because it's a day for me that I feel like, I feel like the Spirit just like gives me this like, I don't know, like dousing of gratitude for the number of people that are walking alongside me, raising my kids. Like, I don't do this alone. Um, there are so many women who surround me and, and mother my children as well. Uh, like my mom, my mom uh, lives very close to us, which is just like the greatest thing in the world. Um, and, and I love watching my parents become grandparents. Like, sometimes I look at my mom and I'm like, who are you? Like, I knew you, and then you had these. Like, my kids got in trouble for something recently. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it was because I have a microphone attached to my face, and we're about to have a podcast, and I need plausible deniability. Um, but they got in trouble for something recently, and they got grounded, and we were at uh, my mom's house. And um, she asked one of them to take a picture or something, and we're grounded from her phone. We can't do it. And she asked why, and they said why. And it is a very reasonable reason to be grounded. And I swear to you, she looked at me, and she was like, ah are so strict with them. And I was like, if I did what they did, I would never drive a car again. Like this is, it had to do with driving. That's all I'm going to say. Um, it's unbelievable, but I love it. I love watching her get to do this. And, and I have this family, my sister-in-law, my, uh, these cousins and aunts that, that surround me. My boys uh, have access to like this network of friendships. Like my friends are great at loving my kids and they do. Uh, uh, my neighbors, I mean, just these people that surround us, you guys uh, in the church, they're, the grass and the greens, my kids just like appointed them their running coaches. They didn't ask. They were like, you're our personal running coaches now. We expect you to show up at our stuff. And they do. Like it's, track meets are long and exciting and sometimes boring. Um, 
It's like so much waiting for 30 seconds of running, you know? And they, they come to this stuff. Uh, Lisa Bell has had every one of my kids in preteen, and like they just associate preteen with Lisa, who has like loved them and helped be part of their lives and part of the formation of their souls. I could like go around the room and talk about so many of you. There are just these people who in this room who have like loved and cared for us, and it feels kind of like this group effort uh, to mother. Uh, graduates, I wonder if you feel kind of similar. Like, you walked across the stage and you accomplished something that's like a really uh, big deal, what you did. Um, but as you walk across the stage, there's this realization. It's like this personal accomplishment. And at the same time, there are people who like surrounded you and loved you and poured into you and made it possible for you to get to walk across the stage. Like as much as a degree is a personal achievement, it is also kind of a group project, Right. Like so, and I think that's true for so much of our lives. Like so much of our lives tend to be group projects, like things that we do uh, alongside other people. I was reading an article this week um, uh, about a research project that Google did years ago. Uh, They called it Project Aristotle. And essentially, they just spent millions and millions of dollars, as only Google can. Um, And and they spent tons of years and time. And their goal was to find out what makes, like, the best group project. How can you form a group that would be the most successful to accomplish a task? And I hate to spoil it uh, for you, although the article came out 10 years ago. So if you haven't read it, don't think you're going to. but uh, the, in the article, they basically were like, uh, they didn't learn much, like millions of dollars and tons of years, um, and they didn't really learn a lot. Like, I think they had this hypothesis that they could put introverts with introverts or extroverts with extroverts or um, this personality with this personality, and that that is what would form and make for a good group. But they didn't find that any of those things were true. The only common theme that they found between groups that were like the best groups or the most successful groups was that these groups operated on something that uh, they ended up calling just group norms. And essentially it was like spoken or unspoken rules that just everybody in the group kind of agreed on. Uh, Like um, uh, that everyone in the group agreed that everybody equally got the chance to talk, that there wasn't one person who led the talking, but everyone got to. And they just all kind of quietly, spoken or unspokenly, agreed to this. Or, Or there were groups that just had an unspoken rule that you can bring personal stuff in. Like their group dynamic changed. One of the guys was diagnosed with cancer and their group dynamic changed when he brought this to the group and they started to share personal and outside of of work kind of things. Um, But really the group norms were pretty random, but all of the best groups had them. That was the one common thread between all of them. I think what Paul is talking about in our scripture that Chris read for us today in 1 Corinthians um, is kind of similar to this. Paul is sort of laying out the work of the church as a group project, and in it, he sets up, he speaks out the group norms. The the unspoken rules become spoken. He says um, that the church is like a body, that everyone has a part of it, that everyone works together to make it a whole, that every part of this group uh, has been gifted uh, with gifts from the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts of all kinds of types. And then the norm for this group is is that those gifts that you have been given, you're expected to use. You're expected to participate uh, with them. That's the group norm. 
So today, uh, as we continue this series that we've been in for the last few weeks alongside Vineyard Churches all over America, uh, we're going to talk about uh, spiritual gifts. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, This is a a big piece of of the Holy Spirit. Um, And I want to lean on Tim Keller to help me define what a spiritual gift is. He says that the gifts of the Spirit, spiritual gifts, are something that all Jesus followers have. They are abilities that come to us freely for the purpose of serving the greater good. That they come to us without merit, nothing that we have to strive for. They come to us freely, but they exist to serve a a wider audience. Uh, Sam Storms is a pastor and writer, and he calls spiritual gifts disclosures of divine activity or God going public through his people. The way God works out his public life is through the gifting of his people. They're works of grace through God's spirit in us for the good of the world. And if we look at our scripture lesson today, uh, the word that's translated spiritual gifts here uh, is kind of an ambiguous word. It's one of those Greek words that doesn't really have an English equivalent. Um, And so they pick spiritual gifts. The word is uh, pneumonticon. And essentially, to the best of my understanding, the most accurate translation of it would be just like spirituals, like spiritual stuff, like Holy Spirit kinds of stuff. Uh, which would make verse 7 that Chris read to us in our text read like this. Spiritual stuff is given to each of us so we can help one another. That's what spiritual gifts is. Spiritual gifts are. It's the, the spiritual stuff that empowers us in the work of renewal of the renewal of all things. It's uh, the stuff that the Spirit gives us that boosts us as we practice the way of Jesus. At the risk of a really horrible analogy, I couldn't quit thinking about this this week. Spiritual stuff, spiritual gifts are sort of like um, the mushroom or the gold mushroom on Mario Kart. Are you familiar? That just like gives you the boost and makes everything work a little better so you can beat your kids at Mario Kart, which is very important to me today. Um, let me win. Um, So (laughs) that's kind of what we're talking about here. Uh, To get super geeky, uh, if you want to go there with me for a little while, in my research this week, uh, a lot of this comes from a pastor named J.D. Greer, um, who I stole so much from for this sermon. But uh, in my research, I found this, that Paul uses four words, uh, four Greek words to describe what spiritual gifts are. Uh, The first one is he uses the word gift. It's different than the translated uh, uh, spiritual gifts. He uses the word gift, uh, uh, which is uh, charismata. So that's one of the words to describe uh, the spiritual stuff. Another word he uses is a word uh, diakonia, which um, kind of means serving. It's where we get the word deacon from. It's like the idea of serving something or someone. Um, He uses a word in ergama, which is where we get the word energy or energies from. And then the fourth word he uses is phanerosis, which um, is, essentially means spiritual manifestations. Here's what that means, from geeky to maybe a little more on the ground. The spiritual stuff, they are gifts of God, graces of God, not things that can be earned. They are the charisma of God. And verse 7 says that they are given to all of us to play out in three different ways. The stuff of the Spirit is given to us uh, sometimes to empower us in service. That's why they use that Greek word, uh, diakonia, to empower us in service. Uh, Gifts like wisdom or being able to give good advice. Uh, Sometimes uh, the boost is um, of a spiritual nature. It's like a spiritual energy to empower us in a certain thing, like a surge of faith or a surge of courage uh, to, to do something that God's asked you to do. 
And then sometimes gifts come in like this form of manifestation. Uh, Things like healing or prophecy or speaking in tongues or things like that. And it's the Spirit's work, this gifting, this empowering, uh, and the deciding. All of that belongs to the Spirit. The gifting, the deciding, all of that is His. Uh, That is the Spirit's work. And so they're not given, again, on merit. These gifts aren't given on maturity. They are given completely and entirely out of the goodness and the discretion of the Spirit of God for His people. Which makes these gifts, service and energy and manifestation. Uh, And J.D. Greer says that it makes these gifts undeserved gifts of grace that point back to the goodness of the one who gives them. That point back to the goodness of the giver. Which means that we don't own our gifts. We're merely agents of them. We're like uh, the, I don't, the... I can't think of the word. Uh, agent works. <laughs> we're the agents of them. We're the trustees of them. They are entrusted to us uh, in order to be used. It's not our job to keep them or to hoard them, but to use them for all that they're worth. One of the confusing parts of this, I think, is, is that um, there's not like this exhausted list in the Bible of what the spiritual gifts are. Are. There are some lists. Paul lists a couple in uh, the scripture that Chris read for us today, and there's other scriptures that have lists of other gifts. And if you Google it, some scholars say that there's like 21 gifts, some scholars say there's 28, um, but most scholars agree that there really isn't an exhaustive list. And here's why because these things come at the discretion and the mercy of the Holy Spirit. And so there's not like a catalog that we can access. Um, I was thinking this week, my brother and I used to love, we waited for the JCPenney catalog to come out every Christmas so we could go to the back and circle what we want. My kids, the Amazon catalog is like the only one that comes anymore. And you remember you would like circle whatever you wanted. If you were me, you circled all the things, you know, and then you hand it to your mom and she's like, nice try. But if you're a grandkid, she's like, sure. Uh, <laughs> Whatever you want. Uh, this, ca- this catalog uh, does not exist um, for, for the Holy Spirit. There's, there's not like a wish list you can pursue uh, circling what you want. Uh, the Bible does say we can ask for them. The Bible does say uh, that we can long for them. We could ask for the stuff of the Spirit. But it's very clear that it is the Spirit's discretion to give and the Spirit's discretion to empower When it comes to talking about the Spirit, the language of the Scriptures is um, pretty much always full of nuance and full of mystery. And I think that's on purpose. And I think it's intentional because the Holy Spirit is the most mysterious thing in the whole world. But I do think sometimes that makes it confusing. And I think it's led to interpretations that are kind of confusing or hard to follow, especially about spiritual gifts. Uh, For example... I grew up thinking that um, I saw spiritual gifts as something that you like realize or discover and then you have it your whole life. Like um, when I was, I think like in middle school or high school, I took a test and um, the test said that I had the gift of hospitality, which does feel true to me. But I wore that thing like a pressure. I don't know. I felt like this pressure that, that hospitality had to be like inextricably linked to my personality for my whole life. And I needed to like Martha Stewart my way through life because I took a test when I was 12 and it said I was supposed to. So I got to learn how to roast a chicken and I need to know where all the forks go. You know, like, and so I kind of wore it like this. And I do, I think that there are gifts from the spirit that empower us for a whole lifetime. Um, I've known Justin Cook since the first grade, and he has had a superpower of teaching since the first grade. 
There's a math class in high school that we took, and the only reason I passed it is because I sat next to him, and he taught me what the teacher was unable to teach me. It's true. I've known Miranda Thomas almost every day of her whole life, and since she was like tiny, 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 she has been filled with faith and filled with wisdom every day I have ever known her. It is a lifetime marking for her. Uh, If you know Tate Webb, he's back in kids ministry today. I held him on the day he was born, and I swear to you, he was helpful on that day. (laughs) Like, I don't know how a baby, can, an infant can be helpful, but it's like, you're really helping us out here, Tate. Like, he is just so unbelievably helpful. There are are gifts of the Spirit that are just kind of always part of us. They follow us uh, all of our lives. But these gifts, this stuff of the Spirit, it's bigger than just personality. It's empowerment. It's not just personality. It's, it's empowerment. It's an intentional uh, empowering and move of the Spirit in our lives. And I think that that's important because gifts are God going public in the world through us. And so it's bigger than our personality. Uh, but one of the risks of only seeing gifts as like lifelong uh, callings is that we miss sometimes that there are things Jesus gives us through the Spirit for a specific moment or a specific time or a specific season, um, which means that spiritual gifts can come to us anytime, anywhere, for anything that Jesus wants to do in us or through us or in the world. Here's an example. Uh, some of you in this room have, have like for maybe your whole life, you've just had this gift where you can walk in a room and you're like, oh, it's bad in there. Or you can meet a person and you're like, nope, not them, right? But some of you, that's not, you haven't had that your whole life, but maybe you've had, like you met someone and you're like, no, 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 no. Or maybe this may be a better, more accurate. Your friend dated someone and you met him and you're like, absolutely not. And then you Googled him, you're like, they were wanted in 10 counties, you know, like, <laughs> That was true. And then it's like the Spirit empowers you. That's called discernment. The Spirit empowers you with discernment for this specific time, this specific uh, season. Maybe it doesn't happen all the time, but it happened at just the right time. Uh, Here's another example. Um, I'm picking on Justin again, but at a prayer clinic recently, we were praying for Justin's knee. Uh, Chad kind of talked about this last week, and and Chad was leading this prayer, and he asked if anyone was feeling anything as we were about to pray for Justin. And he said, um, he was like, sometimes when you're praying for healing, like your hands might get hot or your hands get cold or something like that. Nobody really says anything. And so he's like, okay, let's circle up and lay hands on Justin's knee. But Justin had also said that his elbow hurt, but he really wanted to focus on his knee. And I'm a jerk. And so I've known him my whole life. So I think it'll be hilarious to lay hands on his elbow instead of his knee. And when I lay hands on his elbow, he goes, ow. And I was like, what? He was like, your hand is burning up. And I was like, what? And he said, why didn't you say anything? And I was like, oh, no. Like, I, that's not a normal thing. And he was like, can you please pray for my knee? And I was like, only if you let me pray for your elbow first. <laughs> and they both were healed, right? <laughs> so that's not, I don't like walk around with hot hands all the time. Like that's not a thing. But in this moment it was, like in the, the kindness of God for my friend in this moment that happened. There are seasons of our lives that are sometimes marked by great faith or seasons of our lives that are marked by great courage or maybe like this gift of leadership for this one project or, or something like that. Uh, the point is this. Spiritual gifts, they, they live out the story of the gospel, that we have been created and rescued by God through Jesus and that we were created and rescued on purpose, for purpose, 
instilled and empowered with the stuff of the Holy Spirit on purpose, for purpose, to um, uh, given gifts to glorify God and to build his kingdom out into the world. And those gifts, they are for everyone who wants to be part of this kingdom. And they can happen anytime, anywhere, to anyone. You might feel left out all the time. The story of your life might be that you have been looked over for everything. Maybe you're a mom and no one told you Happy Mother's Day today until someone said it on the stage. Or, or maybe the story of your life is that um, for every celebration or job or award or date or whatever, you have felt like you have been left out. But you have not been overlooked on this. You haven't. The one who made you, his spirit has empowered you has gifted you to with the stuff of the kingdom. It, it has happened. It is in you. You have a gift and a unique calling and a unique purpose for you. And you have access to the stuff of the Spirit in the very moment you need it. You do. And here's the thing. We need it. Like us, your church, uh, your community, We need what you have been gifted with. It's a group project, right? We need you to live out your purpose. We need you to live out your identity, your calling, and your gifting. We need you to do it in this room and in the kids' hallway, but not just here. I hate uh, spiritual gifts tests that are, or sermons that are like, and you can only use it here. I don't think that at all. We need you to do it here, but we need you to do it in the places you live, and we need you to do it in the places you work and you play and you learn. It's a group project, and you are a valued member of the body. And this gifting, this empowering of the Spirit, it's not just meant for you. It's meant for all of us. It's for all of us. Okay, so to close up, how do we figure out what our gifts are? A couple of thoughts. Uh, The first one, Uh, ask. Uh, You can ask Jesus. One of the things that we can ask Jesus is, how am I gifted uh, the, uh, later in verse 12, Paul actually says that we should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. We can ask for them. Uh, in the book of James, uh, James is talking specifically about wisdom, but he says, if anyone likes wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously and without reproach, and he will give it to him. We can ask God who gives generously and does not shame us for what we do not have. We can ask. Uh, here's the second thing. Uh, this is kind of a helpful tool. I, I stole this from J.D. Greer, but he stole it from a guy named Jim Collins who wrote a book called Good to Great, uh, which Johnny Williams loves. And he might buy for you if you are looking to grow in business or organizational stuff or things like that. I don't know for sure, but see him afterward and ask him. And um, if he says no, I'll, I'll say yes. Um, so he's my boss. I can't do that. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it's called Good to Great. And, and, and essentially, uh, Jim Collins created this Venn diagram to help companies find their sweet spot in order to go from a good company to a great company. Uh, but if we look at it from a spiritual gifts perspective, we can kind of find a sweet spot. Dave, you already threw it up? You knew in your soul it was time. Okay, um, and it's three things, uh, three words that are really helpful. Ability, affinity, and affirmation. Here's what I mean. Ability. Uh, what are you just like naturally good at? Maybe for your life, maybe for the season, what are just things that you can just kind of do that that maybe others can't, maybe others can, I don't know, what can you actually do? Uh, The second thing is affinity. Affinity is what are you passionate about? What lights you up? What keeps you up at night or what do you go to sleep thinking about? What do you really care about in the world? 
And uh, third thing is affirmation. What do other people say that you're good at? Or how do other people say, this is how you've helped me, or, or something like that? And where those three things intermingle is kind of a sweet spot. I think you can probably trust that there's gifting in those places. Uh, a side note on this. Uh, as a church, our, part of our job is to call out the gifting in others when we see it. Like, it is our job to say, I see this in you, and I want to say the words out loud uh, because I want you to see this in yourself. Uh, the best book I read this year, maybe ever, it, it says that part of the job of being a follower of Jesus is to love out the gifts of others into the foreground. To love someone so much that you pull their gifts into the foreground of their lives. That is the work of the church. Our work is to pull this out in other people because our gifts, they need encouragement in order to, to try, in order to do the vulnerability and the risk that it takes to exercise a gift needs the encouragement of people that we love. Okay, third thing. Uh, the last way to find your gift is one of our favorite words around here, and it's try. Uh, just try stuff. You can practice here. Our volunteer teams, they're just practice. Like maybe you think you have the gift of hospitality. Well, let's try greeting. Or maybe you're like, actually, I think I have the gift of being alone. Let's try slides. You know, like we, <laughs> we're, we're trying and we're practicing. You can, um, you can try and practice by coming to a prayer clinic. You can try and practice, get coffee with someone here, a pastor, a core group leader. As you walk in obedience to God, as you participate in his kingdom, you will, um, you will find things that feel natural to you or, or you will find things that feel powerful, unexplainable. There will be things that just feel like you and there will be things that just feel like the spirit working in you and through you and people will notice and they'll tell you or they'll ask questions. Uh, last example, I, I've used this before, but Daniel and I have some friends and they live in England and we don't get to see them a lot and... Um, they're in this band, and, and when they come to America, we like to travel and try to see them. And so we, we went to New York one time because they had a couple of shows there, and we're meeting up with them, and we walk into this bar to meet them, and um, we're hugging and stuff. And then I look over, and two of them are pointing and giggling, but they're pointing at me. And I was like, what? And they're like, we're just talking about your face. And I was like, okay. And then I swear to you, they said, what's with your face? Which is everyone's dream to hear. You know, it's like, I don't know. And then I was like, kind of, you know, like a little insecure. And they were like, no, 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 your face just makes us feel good. And I was like, what? But here's the thing. When I'm with these guys in particular, I, I just feel, I don't know, I feel this like superpower of encouragement. The spiritual word in the Bible is ex exhortation. It just means encouragement. I feel like this boost of encouragement and this boost of mercy when I'm in their presence. And they can tell and they can see it on my face and then they can ask me quite awkwardly about it. If you hear anything, we're landing the plane. If you hear anything that I've said today, I hope you hear this. Uh, you were created and have been empowered by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They aren't things you had to earn. They're gifts, mysterious gifts meant to help put things back together in you and in the world. And the group norm of this group project that we're participating in is that these gifts are meant for the common good to glorify God, and to further his kingdom. 
So here's what I want to do. We do something uh, every week here that we call Selah, and it's just like a quiet pause. It's just a moment to be still um, and to kind of do the work that we've been talking about. Um, And so I want to do two things. Here's what I'm going to do. I told you there's not an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts in the Bible, but it does feel helpful for me to tell you some of them that are in there. Um, And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through this list, and I want you to do two things while I read it. One is I want you to think about yourself. Where do you find yourself? What are some things that maybe feel like they could be gifts that belong to you? But the second thing I want you to do is I want you to think about other people. When, when I say a word, I, I want you to think about someone that maybe you know that has a gift like this. And then I'm going to ask you to do an extra special step, which is tell them. Tell them. I like this in you. Your wisdom has helped me through this, whatever it is. Uh, if you forgot your mom on Mother's Day, here's a great thing to do. Okay? So we're going to read. Thank you. One left. Um, we're going <laughs> to. The rest of you forgot Mother's Day, so you're like, oh, no. Um, okay, we're going to do one list. So uh, this list, uh, how you might find yourself in it and how you might find people you love in it. Okay, here are some of the things. Uh, administration is a gift. Uh, Being an apostle, which is kind of like being an entrepreneur, like a kingdom entrepreneur. Uh, Discernment, evangelism, uh, creativity, creation, Uh, exhortation, encouragement is a more English word for that, or 2023 word for that. Uh, Faith, Uh, giving or generosity, healing, helps. I love that that's on there, just general helps. Uh, hospitality, knowledge, uh, leadership, mercy, prophecy, uh, compassion, serving, speaking in tongues, teaching, pastoring or shepherding, uh, counseling or advice giving, wisdom, and love. Okay, I'm going to pray and bless this, and then we'll just sit quiet for a second. So, uh, Spirit, we believe that you are present in this room. But we still say, come, Holy Spirit. Would you wake us up to what you're doing here? And I pray that you would wake up in us uh, ways that you have gifted us, ways that you have empowered us. Maybe as we look back over our lives, would you show us season where you gave us, like, special boost? And would you show us things that have just been in us all of our lives? And at the same time, as people able to do two things at the same time, would you show us other people in our lives, uh, people in this room that we have seen gifting in? And would you give us not only um, eyes to see it, but would you give us the courage to tell them? Give us the courage to, with our words, call out what we see in others, not just today, but would that be just like work of our church? That as you put yourself on display in the world through the giftings of your people, Would we be brave enough to call it when we see it? To say thank you when we should say thank you. When we have been the recipients of your gifting in someone else. Until we just ask you for your presence. In your name we pray. Amen.